Hallelujah. Praise be to God. Amen. Are you happy today? Yes. We have so much to be thankful for. So many prayers have been answered. So many needs have been met. The Lord is good. He does good. His mercy endures forever. Hallelujah. Thanks, guys, for all that good singing and playing. Sure appreciate that. It's my privilege to be with you again here in the, the training center in Samoa. It's, uh, it's the Lord answering prayers, like we've already said. And um, I don't believe that we're here by accident or happenstance, but that the Lord orders our steps and directs our path. So there'll never be another uh hour exactly like this one, this specific group of people at this time and at this time in our lives, and the Lord is here. He said, to two or three of you gathered together in my name, I'll be right there. So he's here in our midst. Let's agree together in asking in this prayer for utterance and for the anointing. And um, you don't want to just hear what I know, you want to hear from him, right? And that is the, the power of the work of the Holy Spirit. So um, believe that you will hear something from him right now that will answer a question that will change your life. Do you believe that can happen right now? So Father, in Jesus' name, we agree together as touching this, asking you for utterance asking you for the anointing, asking you for answers and direction. Is it the will of God that every one of us finish the work God called us to do? Absolutely. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Notice this in 1 Timothy, before I go further, turn there, please. 1 Timothy 1 and verse 12. This is a tremendous thought to keep on your mind, remind yourself of from time to time. 1 Timothy 1.12, Paul said, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who has enabled me for that he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. Now, the Lord knows you so much better than you know yourself. He knows the end from the beginning. And you didn't just choose him, he chose you. Before you knew him, he chose you. And he counted you faithful in choosing you before you ever did anything. Is anybody listening? Yes. Not after you'd accomplished things in ministry. He's counted you faithful right now. And I might say it like this. He's counting on you. Because in his heart and mind, he's already counted you faithful. Enabling you. Putting you into the ministry. So when thoughts come that you're not able, that you're not, uh, you, you won't be able to be faithful these are lies from the enemy trying to convince you of something that's not true. 
God has already counted you faithful, enabling you. You need to agree with him. It'd do you good to just say it out loud once in a while. He has enabled me. Huh? He's counted me faithful. I'm a faithful, able minister of the Lord Jesus Christ. Come on, say it out loud. I'm a faithful, able minister of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. No matter how, how it's looked or felt in times past, agree with him. I'm a faithful, even if you've made mistakes last week, if you've repented, that's in the past, right? And today I declare, I am a faithful, able. Able minister means, uh, you know, you have what you need to get good fruit and accomplish good results. Faithful, able minister of the gospel. Thank you, Lord. Uh, go with me in the scriptures, please, to Luke, the 10th chapter, and let's begin to get into a couple of uh, areas why people have gotten discouraged and why they've quit and why they did not complete their ministry so that you can know it and understand it and not do that. Hmm? You not only need to know what to do, there's some things you need to know not to do. Right? And we're, the scripture says we're not ignorant of Satan's devices. And so when you understand some of the things we're going to talk about next, then you'll recognize what the enemy's trying to do with you. And you'll say, no, I'm not falling for that. No, I'm not giving place to that. And you'll uh, shut the door on him before it becomes a bigger issue. In Luke, the 10th chapter, let me turn there so I can read more of it. Let me just say this. I mean, I guess uh, Phyllis, my wife, and myself have been in the ministry now for, I think it's, I think it's 38 years, and uh, I am, I'm not exaggerating when I say I'm more excited about ministry <laughs> than ever before. Glory to God. I'm more excited. I'm, I'm more thrilled. The Lord just keeps doing more and more for us and with us and through us and by us. We, we keep hearing more and more and greater and greater testimonies. Hallelujah. Just the past couple of weeks, we've heard on the road, uh, uh, terminal cancer, completely healed, feet and hands and eyes and, and deliverances. And somebody say glory to God. Glory to God. How do you get tired of that? How would you get tired of that? We hear of people getting their material needs met, getting completely out of debt, getting their houses and their vehicles, getting their churches and their buildings and, and, and reaching people, you know, with funds through the internet and TV and books and all these kind of things and having abundance to do all that. How, how do you get tired of having more than enough and having plenty in abundance? You, just, you have, just have to stay with it because everybody will be tempted and everybody will have things to deal with 
You just have to make up your mind. I'm not quitting. I'm not quitting. And you get through the trial of that day, and there will be a breakthrough the next day, and you'll just keep on coming up. Hallelujah. There are such good things available, excuse me, uh, uh, planned for you in the plan of God. You don't want to miss them. You don't want to quit and miss them. You want to stay for the whole ride. <laughs> in uh, Luke, the 10th chapter, is that what I said? That's probably what it is there. Luke 10 and verse 38. Luke 10, 38, it said, uh, it came to pass as they went that Jesus entered into a certain village and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. She had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was cumbered about much serving. Now, one reason I'm reading this to you is because this, is, this word serving is in most other places in the New Testament translated ministry. Ministry. Exact same word. Translated ministry referring to teaching and preaching ministry. So you could say it like this. She was cumbered about with much ministry. <laughs> and she came to Jesus and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Now, the, uh, the word ministry literally means to attend or to wait on or to serve. It's akin to the idea of a waiter in a restaurant, somebody that waits on you. And I said, well, you're, you're, you're a preacher. You're not a waiter. Yeah, I am. Right now, I'm serving food. Is that right? <laughs> I didn't take your order. It's the only thing that's on the menu right now. <laughs> this is not multiple choice. We just, we just serve you. This is what we have this morning. But that is what ministry is, taking what the Lord serves you and then serving it to others. That is ministry. And so that's why this is not a wrong translation that it says she was serving because the, uh, whether you're serving food or whether you're serving manna from heaven, hallelujah, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, the concept is exactly the same, identical. But now, is Martha happy about being in the ministry today? <laughs> no, she's not. And see, you can't, you can't be upset and mad about, being, about serving for very long. Uh, you'll quit. You, you, you just can't sustain being upset 
and being mad and being discouraged. The enemy knows that. You, you'll only do that so long, and then you'll say, I've had enough of that. I'm, I'm doing something else. I'm, I'm leaving this. But uh, why was Martha not enjoying her serving? We need to find that out. <laughs> she was cumbered about much serving. Cumbered. It was burdensome to her. Cumbered. Cumbered, encumbered, loaded. That reminds me of a scripture in Matthew. In fact, just turn over there and look at it. Matthew, the, the 10th chapter, I believe it is. Thank you. Hold your place there. But uh, Jesus said, actually it's Matthew 11, I think I said 10, but it's 11. 11, 28, Jesus said, come to me, all ye that what? Labor and are what? Heavy laden, we'd say heavy loaded. Loaded heavy, which is how Martha was perceiving her serving, that it was, a, it was a burden. All you that are, are low, working and heavy loaded, and I'll give you rest. Notice he didn't say, I'll add to your load. <laughs> uh, I'll do what? I'll give you rest. You could say, I'll give you relief. I'll give you relief. There's relief in Jesus. There's rest in the Lord. Keep, keep reading. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find what? What? Rest. That means you won't be cumbered. You won't be loaded. You'll find rest. Unto your souls. How many like this verse of scripture? Oh, this is tremendous. You'll find rest unto your souls. Verse 30. For my yoke is tough. Huh? I mean, it's hard serving the Lord. Huh? It's hard. I mean, if you really make up your mind that you're going to serve God with all your heart, the devil is going to unleash all his demons on you, and it's going to be awful. Huh? Huh? It's going to be terrible, right? <laughs> the reason you're laughing is because I, I don't know what the people I've told, you know, told me some form of this. Yeah, you know, when we, when we finally decided to obey God and, and we're going to build that new church, oh, man, all hell was loosed against us. <laughs> and what they're saying is, if you're going to really obey the Lord, it's going to be heavy, which is a lie. Y'all listening or not? It's a lie. You going you gonna to believe that or you going to believe what Jesus said? Jesus said, my yoke, 
Huh? Difficult. Very difficult. Very hard. Very hard. No. You believe what the master said or not? Easy. Most church-going people don't believe that. They don't. Most ministers do not believe this. They do not. They're continually talking about how hard it is. Is there a difference between hard and easy? Come on, help me out. Yes. It's big difference. It's not the same. So how's the ministry going? Oh, it's hard. Oh, it's hard. Well, that's not easy. That's not easy. When's the last time you heard somebody fully engaged in ministry and you said, how's the ministry? And they said, it's easy. It's easy. It's easy serving the Lord. <laughs> no, I said, people don't believe that. They don't believe that. They believe wrong things. Listen to this verse from the Proverbs. When a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. <laughs> huh? Is that true? Makes. That means it's not something they wanted to do. He makes. But now, no need you focusing on the last part. You got to focus on pleasing the Lord. When your ways, because the truth is, a whole lot of people's ways are not pleasing to the Lord. I'm talking about church people. I'm talking about ministers. But no, do not believe that when you completely commit to serve God, it's going to be awful. It's going to be so hard. Yeah, there are things, you know, that you'll have to deal with and overcome. But if it's what you're supposed to be doing, you're graced to do it. I said you're graced to do it. And when you're graced to do it, what seems so hard and even impossible to other folks becomes for you easy. Easy. Now remember, I didn't write this. This is the head of the church, right? What did he say? My yoke is what? Easy. And my burden is light. I want you to say it out, out loud three times. Light, light and, easy. and easy. Light, light and, easy. and easy. What are we talking about? I mean, being, being yoked together with the Lord, that's working together with him. That's in our life call and our ministry. The burden is our responsibilities. Light and easy. Not hard and terrible, not, not awful, not, no. The enemy has convinced many ministers of lies. And so they just yield to problem after problem because they're expecting it and think they can do no differently. No. <laughs> I still got some folks looking at me kind of sideways. <laughs> like, well, I always thought... <laughs> Yeah, you'll have to deal with some things and overcome some things, but you're graced to do it. When you're in his will, following his plan, you're graced to do it. 
And you need to, you know, it, it helped you to just say this over and over when it crosses your mind. What did he, what did he say? My uh, yoke is easy. My burden is light. Come on, say it out loud again. His yoke is easy. His burden is light. If you've got something heavy, heavy, and hard, you didn't get it from the Lord. That's something the enemy has tricked you about. And one of the enemy's favorite things, he transforms himself into an angel of light. And he'll try to convince you that something's from the Lord. And it's not. But you can, an indication that it's not from the Lord is that it is heavy, heavy, hard, hard. Come on, can you see this? There's no grace to do it. Because his yoke, easy. Huh? Come on, help me out. His yoke is easy. And his burden is light. Now back up earlier in the, the passage here. Verse, the previous verse, verse 29, here is a tremendous answer. This is, uh, actually, I'm in, uh, I'm in Matthew 11, 29. Jesus said, take my yoke upon you. We've already seen his yoke is easy. And learn of me. How many believe Jesus did ministry the correct way? Yes. Did he finish his course? Yes. Did he accomplish what he was to do, both in earthly ministry and as our sacrifice and as our redeemer? Absolutely. He did it perfectly. He said, and basically if I can paraphrase a little bit, he's saying, learn how I did it. Learn about me, how I am, what I am, how I do it. The very next phrase, he said, my yoke is easy, my burden's light. He didn't get discouraged and quit. You don't have to get discouraged and quit, but you got to understand who he is and how he did it. And of all the things he could have said when he said, learn about me, he could have said, Learn, learn who I am. Learn how I function. Learn what I value. Learn what I am. He could have said, I'm pure and holy. He didn't say that. He could have said, I'm full of faith and powerful. He, he didn't say that. Of all the things he could have said, what's the one he emphasizes here? I'm meek, humble, and lowly of heart. This, whether you see it or not, this is the key to avoiding the hardness and discouragement. Now, your mind may not get that just instantly, but don't throw it away. You can see the very next verse. He's talking about his yoke being easy, his burden being light. What's that got to do with being humble? A whole lot. He said, learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and when you learn that, when you learn of humility, what's the very next phrase? 
you will find rest. You will get out of the being cumbered, the being overloaded, and the being discouraged and ready to give up to, and quit. Those are indications of pride. Y'all with me, friends? Like I said, your mind may not, not connect that just instantly, but this is revelation. This is spiritual. Getting mad, getting hurt, getting upset, getting discouraged, and quitting are all indicators of pride. Pride instead of Christ-like meekness. Because when you learn of him, what's the result? You find rest. Well, if you're resting and it's easy and it's light, you can stay with that your whole life, right? You, you, you can finish your course. You can complete your work. But if you're mad, you're hurt, you're offended, you're bitter, you're worn out, you're discouraged, you, you can't do that month after month and year after year. You'll get to the place where you say, I, I've had enough, I'm, I'm quitting. And that's what has happened too many times. Go back with me to Luke, please. Luke, the 10th chapter. <clears throat> I believe the Lord's given us something good today. What do you think? This will help you, not just today, but next week, next year, next decade. Because I expect every one of you to serve God your whole life long. Oh, no, you didn't hear me. I said every, every one of you. Every one of you. If not, when we get to heaven, I may come over to your house and say, what? What? You quit halfway? The Lord sent me to preach to you. Don't you remember? Back in November? 2018, and I stood right in front of you and said, don't you quit, don't you quit. You go the whole way. You run your whole race. And even told you how to do it. Right? You humble yourself and stay happy and give the devil no place. <laughs> Is that okay? Amen. <laughs> So what happened to our dear sister, Martha? <laughs> we love her. We'll see her in heaven soon. And when you see her, don't bring this up. <laughs> don't bring it up. <laughs> but there's a reason the Lord put it in here, right? Many reasons. And so we need to learn from her mistake. There is something better than learning from your mistakes. It's learning from other people's mistakes. <laughs> it, it is, right? Learn from their mistakes and don't make your own in that area. That's, that's better. <clears throat> Luke. 
Verse 38 again, Martha received Jesus into her house, and we know from the rest of the passage, um, she's trying to make him a big meal and, and show hospitality and be nice to him. And, and we see from other places that uh, uh, this wasn't the first time Jesus stopped here. He stopped here probably on a regular basis and had fellowship with them. I'm guessing Martha's a good cook. <laughs> and uh, they had some really good meals and fellowship there. But it went wrong on this day. And uh, I'm, I think Martha's a good woman. I think she's a diligent, hard worker, responsible type, loves the Lord, loves people. I think there's a lot of good things you could say about Martha. But good people can make bad choices and make big mistakes. It said that uh, she received him into her house, verse 39. She had a sister called Mary, which sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. So Mary is not in the kitchen. She's in the living room or wherever they are. Jesus is speaking and teaching and preaching. And Mary is just right there getting every word. And Martha, verse 40, she was cumbered. She was loaded with much ministry. That's the correct translation. <laughs> she was cumbered and loaded with much ministry and came to him and said, Lord, don't you care? Now, this is very disrespectful. Can you see this? And I, I, I'm thinking Martha didn't realize. You know, when you get upset, you can say and do stuff <laughs> that you don't realize what you're doing, how out of place you are. She had to come in to the other area and interrupt Jesus. Interrupt his speaking the word, anointed word that Mary and others were listening to. And then also accuse him of not caring. Now Martha didn't realize it, but she's off. She is way off. She's missing it in here today. And I just mentioned to you from Matthew that a big key to rest is what? Humility. Meekness. Is this meekness? Huh? Like I've already said, I think Martha's a good woman, a great woman, but she has lost sight of some things and she's being very disrespectful and accusing the Lord of not caring, accusing love manifest in the flesh that you don't care. Can you see the presumption, the pride, and the agitation? Come on, can you see that? She's got no rest. She's cumbered about with the ministry she's endeavoring to do. And the, the, the core cause of it is the pride that is blinding her. I believe it's Obadiah 
just one chapter there, Obadiah 3, that says, the pride of your heart has blinded you. Pride blinds you. You don't even see, you don't even realize what you're doing, how disrespectful you're being, how inappropriate your behavior's being. But she comes in there and she says, uh, don't you care? My sister has left me to serve alone. Now notice also, she feels alone. <laughs> Every one of these things are significant. She feels, and, and that's also a big reason why people quit. Hmm? They, you know, they think, well, so-and-so left me, and so-and-so left the church, and these people left our ministry and quit supporting our ministry, and, and, and nobody cares. I'm out here trying to do this by myself. Why, why keep going? Nobody cares anyway. I'll just quit too. And so people do. A friend of mine who's in heaven now, he and his wife started a church. And uh, he was also a carpenter. And so he built part of the new auditorium with his own hands. And they had pumped all their, I mean, their heart and their life their money for years, and they had this great fine place. And uh, he calls the uh, the head of RMAI uh, around Christmas time, and he told he told the man that, that was head of it at that time. He said, "You need to get somebody to come over here and take this church because we're leaving." And he said, "What? You just got that new building finished?" And I thought things were going so well. Well, no, they don't care. My wife and I, we're leaving. You better get somebody to come take this thing. He said, what happened? I, I, I don't understand. He said, do you know what the whole church got together and gave my wife and I for a Christmas present? He said, no. He said, a five by seven picture of Jesus. <laughs> The entire congregation <laughs> pulled their resources together and bought my wife and I a five by seven picture of Jesus. He said, they don't care about us. They don't care about all that I've done, all that we've done. I'm leaving. I've had it. We're leaving. You better find somebody to come take this. <laughs> well, the man he was talking to is a man of wisdom. He called his name. He said, now, hold on. He said, uh, I remember you telling me X amount of years ago that you knew that you knew the Lord led you there. I said, did he tell you he had released you from there? <laughs> he said, no, but, but we're leaving. You better, you better bring somebody. <laughs> now, see, here's a good example. So many people are led to a place by the Holy Spirit but led away by an offense. Yes. Well, friend, if you're being led by being hurt, you're not being led by the Holy Spirit. If you're being led by being mad and being hurt, you're actually letting the enemy lead you. And he's going to lead you right out of the will of God into trouble, into destruction. No, you want to be led in by the Holy Spirit 
And if you go somewhere else, you want to be led by the Holy Spirit. Right time and right way. And uh, he said, well, I, you know, they don't care. It's just me and my wife alone. And, and, and he said, now, hold on. Did the Lord tell you when he sent you there that they had to appreciate you or else you could leave? <laughs> he said who, said, who said they had to appreciate you? Now, this is, this is another big reason why people get discouraged and quit. I want you to see, put that verse back up for us, please. She said, don't you care? My sister has left uh, me to serve alone. Bid her, therefore, that she help me. She thought Mary owed her. Everybody listening? That is an evil thing to get it in your mind that people owe you. They owe you their help. They owe you their support. They owe you an invitation. They owe you. That's an evil thing. Because with God, with salvation, none of it is owed us. That's what grace means. Grace means you don't deserve it. Right? You haven't earned it. It's not owed to you. You get to thinking something's owed to you, you make it impossible for them to be gracious to you. Did you hear that phrase? When you think somebody owes you something, even if they did it for you, you wouldn't even be thankful because you think they owe it to you. You believe a lie. It's an evil thing. It's a devilish thing. And can you see this? I mean, she, whether she's realizing it or not, she is mad at her sister because she's got it in her mind. Her sister is supposed to be in there helping her. And what she don't realize, we're going to see it in just a minute, she is basically demanding that her sister come in there and help her miss God because that's what she's doing is missing God. And you'll find when people get off and they're doing things the Lord didn't tell them to do and it gets harder and harder, they tend to get harder and harder and more and more demanding and more and more upset because, you know, you're, you're not supporting me and, and, and why these people quit they These churches should be supporting us and these people should, that's evil, that's evil, that's evil. No man is your source. You don't have to look to anybody. Oh, come on, do you believe it, James? You, you should not ever get your eyes on any man or woman or church or group that they're going to underwrite you and take care of you. Don't you do it. And if people, if people support you for years and then they don't anymore, well, how do you know the Lord didn't tell them? Sow that seed somewhere else. You don't know that he didn't tell them that. You ought to be happy if somebody else is getting some support. That was weak. <laughs> huh? <laughs> oh, that was my support, my support. Said who? Oh, those are my people. Those are my people. He took my people. <laughs> they started that church and took my people. They never were your people. 
<laughs> they never were. <laughs> and you have, I mean, Phyllis and I, we know we've pastored two churches now. And uh, one of them, both of them for years, one of them for several years. And you've got a church of any size. People are going to come and go. Huh? If you think they won't, just wait and find out. <laughs> People are going to come, they're going to go, and you can take it personally and you can go, well, why'd they leave? Why'd they leave? What'd I do wrong? And, and a lot of pastors actually get into fear and they're afraid to preach this. It might offend somebody. They're afraid to say this. Somebody might stop giving. And, um, and, and the fear of man brings a snare. It'll put you in jail. And, of course, you're not going to be enjoying ministry if you're in jail, <laughs> afraid, right? afraid of what somebody might say. Or Again, that's why people quit. They, they can only take that pressure so long. And, and you, you hear people having breakdowns and burnouts. So Mrs. as well, they burned out in the ministry. You have to be disobedient to burn out in the ministry. Are y'all with me, friend? You have to be disobedient because that implies the opposite of what we read uh, that Jesus said. It implies that you can work for the Lord, work for the Lord, and you, and you just work in night and day until you basically collapse and the Lord will come and say, get up, I've got more for you to do, get up. And he'll put more load on you until you just burn out like a candle and fall on the side of the road, the Lord is not a hard taskmaster. He is not an unreasonable, don't care about you, push you till you drop. It's a lie. I said it's a lie. The truth is his yoke is easy. His burden is light. If you're doing his thing for him and with him, it's not going to burn you out. If you burn out, if you had a meltdown and a collapse, you did something wrong. You did something he didn't tell you to do. You didn't listen to him. Where are we? Huh? Martha. Martha thinks Mary owes her something. Everybody say evil, evil. That's evil. What's evil? Thinking somebody owes you. It's a subtle thing too. And you got to watch about this. You say, well, after all I've done for them, after all I did for them, I mean, the least they could have done was, no, you think they owe you which means you didn't really give. If you require anything in return, it was not a free gift. Can you see that? If you really gave to them what you gave to them, you expect nothing in return because of that. You weren't trying to trade. You weren't trying to buy. You gave. You got to watch this with your family. Hmm? After all I've done for those kids. <laughs> After all I've done. 
for those kids. <laughs> I gave that man 20 years of my life. <laughs> and the least he could do. It's evil. I'm telling you, it's evil. I don't care if it's you demanding somebody remember your birthday. I'm, I'm serious. Because if you do, you make it impossible for them to be gracious to you. Even if they do something, you won't even be really thankful. You may pretend you are, but you'd have been mad if they didn't. So something's not right there. Or demanding that people do certain things, you know. I've, I've found something that keeps me happy. When it comes to, now with the Lord, I'm expecting things. I'm believing him, I'm expecting. But when it comes to specific people, expect nothing. And be thankful for everything. So if they don't do anything, I'm not mad. I wasn't expecting them. If, I do, if they do do it, I'm thankful. Just keeps me happy all the time. I'm happy either way, whether they do or whether they don't. And that's also a manifestation of pride. If you think, you know, who are you that people owe you something? That, that's a, a wrong idea about who you are and what you are. I mean, just because you walk in the room doesn't mean the music is supposed to stop. <laughs> and everybody around you owes you their attention or owes you their help or their resources. It's just not true. I said it's just not true. And even if somebody does something for you for five years, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, never stop being thankful because they don't have to do it. And they don't owe it to you. If the Lord told them to do something different tomorrow, they should do what he tells them to do. And you should not take it in a wrong way. She thought her sister owed her. And she was wrong. She's interrupting Jesus. She's accusing him of not caring. She's telling him what to do. Well, this is, this is presumptuous. This is prideful. And, and Martha's a good woman, but she is messing up today. She's, she came in there with her hand on her hip. <laughs> I don't care if it is your house. Jesus is speaking the word, right? She said, Jesus... Well, everybody stopped, turned, looked at her. Jesus, would you tell my lazy sister <laughs> to get herself up in here and get in the kit? Don't you care? Correcting Jesus in front of other people, telling him what to do and what to tell other people. Again, can you see no humility and agitation? and being loaded, and being cumbered. Can you see the connection? Jesus said, learn about me. I'm meek. You'll find rest. Hallelujah. You'll find out my yoke's easy. 
My burden is light. While other folks are bitter and offended and mad and thinking people owe them something, if you learn to be like me, you will avoid all of that. You'll be happy. And you'll be blessed. No matter what people do or what they don't do. You'll cast your cares over on me. You'll obey me. You'll leave the rest of it in my hands. There's a higher way to live than embroiled in strife the way so many do on this planet. And this is also part of our example to anybody we minister to. They need to see us act like the master instead of like this. Verse 41, Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha. Now, when the Lord calls your name twice like that, <laughs> you just need to go ahead and start kneeling down. <laughs> he loves Martha, but Martha is out of line. She is so out of line. Martha, Martha, you are full of care and trouble about many things. Keep reading. One thing is needful. Mary has chosen that good part. Instead of Mary getting corrected, Martha got corrected. <laughs> we shall not be taken away from her. Now here is uh, another thing, and I think we'll close with this for today. Well, you guys listen really good, huh? Yeah, right. Y'all are hooked. Now, it is true that this can help you the rest of your life. It is true. It could be the difference between quitting and not quitting. One of the biggest things Martha missed that day is she didn't ask. Everybody with me? She didn't ask. She assumed. And that is an indicator of pride. The Lord spoke that to me some years ago. He said, pride assumes. Humility asks. Pride assumes. Humility asks. What did she assume? She assumed we got, we got visitors, we got a house full of people, they're all going to be hungry after the service, right? She assumed well, we're going we, to need to eat. I know that. I don't see anybody else in the kitchen cooking, <laughs> like my sister over there. <laughs> she assumed that's what she should do, so she gets in there She's cooking 90 miles an hour. She's got the oven going. She's making this and making that, and she's walking around the door and, and trying to get Mary's attention. Psst, psst, psst. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> and just getting madder by the minute, getting more upset by the minute. And obviously, it wasn't even the Lord's will for her to do that or else his response would have been different. 
Come on, can you see this? If she had just taken a moment, just a moment, just a moment, and not assumed, humbled herself. I know it's her house. I know maybe she's the best cook in the county, but that doesn't matter. She'd just come to him and said, Pastor, you want me to start a meal? And, he, and he'd have said, no, no, just sit down here with your sister. Come on, can you see that? No, not right now. Well, how's everybody going to eat? Well, you know, more than one occasion with a handful of food, <laughs> is there loaves and fishes, wasn't necessary to cook a big meal. Who knows, right? Now, why am I saying this to you? This is also a big reason why many get discouraged in ministry. They do things that are good things, but the Lord never told them to do it. Come on, can you see this? They're ministering for the Lord with all their might and diligence, but they overlook one giant thing. He never told them to do it. Yeah, but it's good. That doesn't mean the Lord told you to do it. Yeah, but it's a great need. It doesn't mean the Lord told you to do it. There's a lot more people besides you around. Right? You can't do everything. It is so important that we don't presume. We don't assume. We must ask. Everybody say ask, ask, ask. When it comes to doing things in the ministry, go to 1 Corinthians 3. and Let me just read this, and I think this will, this will do us for now. But 1 Corinthians 3, very significant difference. Just, just one word here. 1 Corinthians 3 is talking about ministry. And he, he was, the Corinthians were saying, I'm hooked with Paul's ministry. One group said, I'm hooked with Apollos' ministry. Verse 5, he said, who's Paul? Who's Apollos but ministers? 1 Corinthians 3, 5. By whom you believed, even as the Lord gave us to every man. I've planted, Apollos watered, God gave the increase. Verse 9, now this is talking about ministry. For we are what? Verse 9, we are, King James says, laborers together with who? With God. Another translation says workers with God. Another one says God's co-workers. Co-workers, and that, that's an accurate translation, co-worker. But co means not just one party. It means at least, it means two parties. Who's the other party in the co? You and God. And here's the thing. Not working for God. Working with God. Oh, come on, can you see this? This has been one of the biggest sources of trauma and trial that people in their immaturity and in their ignorance there was an opportunity. Somebody else told them they thought they should do this or they should go to this church or they should start this, whatever. And so they do, and they do it with all their heart, and it's a failure. Come on now with me, and, and it's discouraging, and nobody will help them, and, and it just gets worse and worse. And then they think, well, I'm doing my best for the Lord. Yes, and that's a problem. You're not supposed to just do your best for 
the Lord. We are supposed to work with him. He's intelligent more than you, and he can communicate with you. Come on, are y'all with me? Every morning we must check in with him and not assume. Somebody say, don't assume. Don't, don't assume. I don't care if you've done the same thing for the last five years and it was all good. Don't assume it's that way forever. Ask, 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 ask. Lord, what you want us to do today? You want us to continue down this path. Lord, you want us to change this. Lord, what, what do you want? We're workers together with the Lord. And you're not the boss. I said, you're not to tell your neighbor, say, you're not the boss. <laughs> you're not, you're not the boss. <laughs> the Lord is the boss. The Lord is the boss. You're not the boss. I'm not the boss. The Lord is the big boss. Come on. Well, you need to check in with the big boss. Don't just assume. Can you see Martha's mistake? See, just after she's putting herself into, you know, her blood, sweat, and tears into this and getting madder by the minute, not realizing I missed it back there. I should have taken a moment. I should have asked, Lord, do you want a meal? Because <laughs> if he says no, not right now, that changes everything, Right? He said, my sheep know my voice. They hear my voice. They know my voice. And so we can hear from him. And we need to check in with him. Not just once a month or once a year, every day. Every day. Even multiple times throughout the day. Check your heart. Check your heart. Check your heart. Don't assume. Ask. Don't presume. Ask. And then trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Don't lean to your, your head. Praise God. Stand up, everybody.